Hey everybody, it's a new it's an episode of Rider Reviews. We haven't been on for a while because a pandemic broke out, and I also got caught up with my life. But uh, today we're going to talk about Mr. Robot with my good friend of mine, my Twitter lawyer, Cole. Hey, what's up? Glad um, to be here. Yeah, so um, when when it comes to Mr. Robot, what, what how do you, how would you describe it to someone? Like when you first watched it, compared to like how you watch it now. How would you describe it from when you first watched it to compared to now when you rewatch it? Um, knowing what I know now, I think I would. I don't think it would change anything. I would still probably describe it in one word as heavy because it it carries a lot of weight. And then once you finish it, you understand like how much weight the show actually carries. If that makes sense. Yeah. So i've been a I, I when did you watch mr robot like how did you catch on to it they, did you watch from the very start or so i remember when it first started airing on usa network i didn't really have any interest in it at first because i just saw like a a poorly cut teaser uh right before the show premiered but then i actually started watching um as soon as the second season started because i have amazon prime and they have it uh for free on Amazon Prime if you have the membership. So I started watching season one, and then I caught, I caught on with season two about halfway through, and I fell in love with the show immediately off after the first episode. It was, it was just so interesting and captivating, like from the very first scene. And so I I, I remember seeing an advertisement for Mr. Robot on USA when it first came out. Like I remember the first time I was watching it with my uh, one of my cousins, my cousin Amzie. And I remember just standing there watching it. And so, like, just if you've never seen Mr. Robot, the first episode, the first, I think, three minutes and 58 seconds, you just see Rami Malek's character, Elliot Alderson, sit down in, at Iran's coffee shop. And he sits down with Ron, I remember not, Ron, but short for another name. And he pretty much says, you know, I'm awkward too, but at least I don't pleasure myself to child pornography. And he, like, dumps all this information. And he pretty much explains that, you know, I gained control of your server, which makes me in control of everything. So I already gave everything to the police. And Ron's, like, terrified. He's like, I can pay you off. He's like, I don't care about money. And the police arrest him. And I was like, this is it. This is the, this, this is the show for me. I'm done for the day, guys. Yeah, as soon as Rami Malek starts monologuing as Elliot, it's... It's pretty powerful stuff. Like he just sits there at the table in that first scene, and he's like, "Hey, man, I really like uh, I really like your coffee shop because it has fast Wi-Fi." And you're like, "Okay, well, that's kind of a nerdy reason to talk to somebody, but I'm I'm interested." And then he keeps going, and he's like, he's like "So, it scratched that itch that that shouldn't be scratched in my brain, and I, I I dug up all the info I could on you, and it turns out you're into some pretty nasty stuff." So. uh have fun in prison and that's like the opening of the show yeah and once you get to know the character of elliot from the beginning and then when you see his development understand why that like and i look back to a particular spoiler alert he was taken advantage of by someone he really cared about and so i always deeply wonder from that first interaction was it personal or was it just him being a vindicator of some sorts when you realize in the final season he was horribly taken advantage of. I think I, while I want, like part of me wants to say that that was the plan the whole time. I want to say that, that again, spoiler alert, um, you, you find out that 
the the personality that we've uh, known as Elliot isn't you know isn't really who we think he is. When you when you find that out, you realize that Elliot's been hiding a lot of things from himself. So I want to say that maybe it was just like a sub subconscious compulsion to to bring that guy to justice. But I don't know if he actually if it actually was personal for him. I don't know. That's a, that's a good thought though. Yeah, and that's the one thing about this show. First off, this show is amazingly shot. Like one of the like next to like Breaking Bad, Mad Men. Um, there's a there's very few other shows that I've seen that like because like so, Mr. Robot actually when Sam Esmail originally wrote it, it was supposed to be a two hour movie. The last two episodes were supposed to be a two hour movie, and then he realized, no, nah, I want this to be a TV show, fam, and so that's where Mr. Robot came about because. Before before Mr. Robot, like he was like a director for like two movies, and one of them being um, Comet, which I, I actually watched recently and I thought was pretty good, which actually stars uh, Emily Emmy Rusman, who was in Shameless and who's actually dating Elliot Sam, Sam Esmail. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but interesting, so, and so. Essentially, Mr. Robot is a two is a four season prequel to that two hour movie that came out. Right. And the, the last two episodes there. Yeah, and when you when you look at everything that is done, so I remember I like to I like to always joke around that like when I was twelve years old, I watched Fight Club for the first time, and that became my personality for the next right fifteen years, which I think you kind of agree with. Yes. So. Like, caveat off of that, like, I, I feel like Mr. Robot was my mid, like, I saw Mr. Like, I saw Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot came out in July 2015, so the college that I went to, that you also went to, I, I, I studied a degree where I spent five weeks living in the forest, so I right. went from, like, this spiritual journey of living on, like, living, like, living in a tent in my car, and is essentially being homeless, to watching Mr. Robot, and it just, like, changed my life forever. Yeah, I remember you telling me stories about that, actually, right when we met. I don't know if you remember this, but I was out there for preview days uh, in, like, November, October, November of 2015, and that was actually how we met, because you were, we were, you were hanging out in the room of the guy I was staying with, and you were actually telling us about, uh, about, like, what it was like, like, living in the forest and, like, not having any money. Oh yeah, I was broke. So I, I remember that. I remember those stories very well. I was broke as a joke. But yeah, so I went from that, and it's just like a like one like spiritual journey to like watching the beginning of like another one with Mr. Robot because I feel like Mr. Robot touched on a lot of stuff that I think a lot of people don't aren't willing to discuss. Like first off, like the first episode, the dude's literally having a mental breakdown. I was like, damn, same fam. Yeah, they show you a panic attack with like no audio. Like you just you just see Elliot just like sobbing in the corner of his room and he's he's monologuing at the same time and it like it really hits you. There are several moments in the show that 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 really display Sam Esmail's uh his his skill at displaying things without like he he does a really good job of showing without telling and there's a lot of that that happens in this show. He just shows it to you. And he doesn't hold your hand, 
and he doesn't like have to explain exactly what's going on in intricate detail. You just look at it and you know exactly what's happening. And I, I feel like a lot of times, especially in mainstream TV, you don't get that very often. Yeah. And so, just like, and like, there's the, the, the pretty much the main people that you should like that need that need to be focused on when it comes to Mr. Robot is Elliot Alderson played by Rami Malek. Um, there's Darlene, which he forgets is his sister. Right. Because he tries to kiss her in season one, and she's like pissed off because like he forgot about her. There's Angela, his childhood friend who also works with her at All Safe, and like I feel like she means well, but Elliot just is stupidly smart. And I feel like almost like there's a book called Catch in the Rye, which I know you've probably heard of. Yes. And I feel like Elliot almost is holding Caulfield in a way because he tries to protect Angela from all the like the crappy dude she dates. And yeah. Like, he really hates her boyfriend for good reason, because he is cheating on her, because he hacks every person that he loves or cares about, or just hacks everyone in general. Well, he's a sociopath, so he he, oh, yeah. he thinks that he's in the right the whole time, and he just does things. He, he You can definitely tell he misses a lot of... He, he's, he's like a very socially awkward sociopath at that. Like, he misses a ton of social cues. He's got a really... He has a really hard time communicating with people, but yet he's wicked smart, and he he hacks anybody and everybody that that I like. Just sometimes on a whim, and sometimes because it's somebody he he thinks he cares about, or or, or whatever it may be. And I um now that you bring that up, I feel like he almost is like the Nathan Fielder of socio of sociopaths. Like you know Nathan, and there's a TV show called Nathan for You, and I feel like if Nathan for You was a little bit darker of a human being and was also a computer hacker that'd be Elliot Alderson in some ways you know I think I can see that I think I can see what you're talking about he does have he does have, have some of those quirky qualities yeah that Nathan's got because like in all honesty I have hung out with like and I've hung out with a lot of people in the coding community or like I hate the term hacker because I feel like that's like a very misconstrued term when it comes to Computers, because like people, are like, oh, I hacked someone's Facebook. I'm like, no, they 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 were logged in. You didn't hack anyone, you idiot. They left their password on a sticky note taped to their to their desktop. That's not hacking. That's just reading. Because like I uh, I took coding in high school and I was with kids that were savants that to yeah. that probably I would be terrified right now to be on their bad side. Luckily, I was on their good side because I wasn't a prick. Right. Well, I mean, and I'm I'm a computer science major, and, and I've taken classes with some of those people that are just like insanely talented. Like, I feel like I'm pretty good at what I do, but I've been in classes with people where you're, you're just like, "Damn, I feel so stupid sitting next to these kids, like just banging out their their code." Yeah, and there's... getting everything done in like thirty seconds flat. It's it's not fair. Oh, it's, it's but I do I do agree when you say that hacking the term hacking has become such a reductive term in our in our society like everybody just thinks that all you have to do to hack is just smash a bunch of stuff into your keyboard and or, or put a flash drive into somebody's computer and that's and that's all it is but it I think the show goes out of its way to show an in intricate detail how how complicated it is and how fast of a thinker you have to be to get around certain things. Yeah, and so when you when you bring that up, so Sam Esmail went and found computer programmers and hackers, if you want to say, and had him design the language and code because he wanted it to be as accurate as possible. And that and, and that's just like one of the minor details that you see Sam Esmail go when it comes to everything he does because 
everything he does, he tries to be as realistic as possible. Like, all the legal procedures, as realistic as possible. Like, all the... Like, when Elliot... Spoiler alert. Okay, if you, if, if you haven't got... We're spoiling the heck out of this show, so... It's, it's impossible to talk about the show without spoiling it, It's, it's been done Just, for it's, a year. It's on Amazon Prime. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's so good. It's just mind-blowingly good. But the thing is, this is, like, one thing. I, I try to get people to watch Mr. Robot. Like, I try to talk to this one girl I'm, I, I'm friends with at work, and I described it to her, and she's like, Rudy, I, I don't want to think when I watch TV. That's why I like The Office. I'm like... Oh. It really bummed me out. Because, like, it's a very it's a very heavy, thick, written show where if you're not into it, you're going to hate it. Like, it's not going to oh, be... Oh, for sure. It's, like, dialogue heavy. So much. It's not a show you can just turn on and have in the background. You yeah. have to give the show your full attention because you will miss things. I've watched, yeah, I've watched the show multiple times, and I'm still, re- like, I'm on the Reddit at least once a month when I'm rewatching it and just discovering things. Cause the Mr. Robot Reddit is just a mind-blowing pace if you, like, pay attention to it. I'm really excited to watch it again now that I've finally finished it because I I, I remember specific things that I missed after watching after watching through the fourth season i know that there are things that i that i missed or things that i can i can watch out for knowing what i know now from the finale and i'm just really excited to go back and experience all of that again but with all of the information that i have now yeah no because that- the show really does keep you guessing throughout the entirety of its run i stayed away from a lot of fan theories cuz i i really could not tell which way the the show was going going into the fourth season i had no idea what to expect i I had no idea if white rose's machine was for real or if it was just like a it was like uh what's the if it was just like a MacGuffin or if it was actually what she claimed for it to be and they never they never yeah i never knew what the purpose was so white rose is a male to female transgender cyber terrorist who's head of the dark army but her like her male count like her male cover or her like homonormative homonormative per like the like persona is Zai Zhang who is the minister of state security for China so he basically runs China or she basically runs China in her in her male persona. Yeah. And and she's obsessed with time. Yeah. And the which passage of time. It's so cool. Like, the Dark Army is, like, it's a cyber terrorist group. Like, Elliot's like, the Dark Army? You mean the terrorists? They they do things for, like, North Korea and, like, all these other organizations? And, like, yeah, the Dark Army. Yeah, and, and that reveal, when you find out that they're, like, the same person... I recognize the actor, so I was really confused in in season two when they show you both sides of her personality, and then you hear that watch go off. Yeah. In both scenes, and you're just like, "Whoa!" That that was an excellently written character. I. It really hit me when I watched that episode where they explain what happened to her and how she became the person that she is. Yeah. That was a that was a wild ride. Which is, if you want to explain, like we're we're spoiling. Oh, true. So, so basically, you find out that I think it was back in the eighties. Um, they White Rose and and her her partner, because at the time she's still a, she's still a man and she's gay, uh, and they're Chinese. So obviously, the 
Chinese Communist Party doesn't look too fondly on that, but they're on a business trip. They're, they're trying to secure a deal between the Chinese government and IBM. And she reveals, White Rose reveals to her, her male partner that she's actually a, a transgender woman. And, and then it flashes forward and you see White Rose at at her male partner's wedding and he's not getting married to her he's getting married to just whoever his family has arranged for him to marry and they have this they have this dialogue between each other where they where they try to figure out how they're going to continue to live with each other and he decides her partner decides he doesn't want to get married to the woman that his family's arranged for him and he commits suicide like right in front of her and it's really hard to watch but you can you can you can understand from that point on why White Rose's character is so insanely brutal. Like she's already lost everything that she cared about uh, in her world, so the only thing she cares about after that point is making her machine work, which then leads to the deaths of uh, Elliot's father and. Uh, Oh, what's her name? Angela. Uh, Angela's Angela's mother, which kickstarts the entire show. Oh yeah, because um, when you uh, because like they they were because they worked for E Corp or Evil Corp because every time he sees E E Corp, his brain his brain internalizes it as Evil Corp. Right. And so they worked for Evil Corp, and they worked at this one Jersey plant, which got a ton of people cancer. And that scene where they're celebrating Angela's mom's death, and Angela's like, I hate it here, and, like, the music's playing, and she's like, will you go with me to somewhere beautiful? And, like, the, like, the dialogue in the show is so amazing. Like, I have tears. There's moments, and when I watch the show, I'm like, I am getting emotional, and I don't know why. Oh, for sure. That's why, like, I remember I described it to him, like, you should introduce this person to it, and you're like, I don't think this person is in the emotional place to watch this. And I was oh, like, yeah. I was like, valid point. You have to be you you have to be on top of it and like be very grounded emotionally I feel like to watch this show because it can really it can really mess you up like even even if you just dip your toe into it and I feel like just watching season 1 you're really only dipping your toe into it cuz there's so much you don't know oh, yeah. and don't understand like just watching season 1 is a is a roller coaster ride of emotions and it's just like it doesn't really give you time to process anything it just it just keeps moving like for example, um, so in the very end, you find out there's four personalities that, in, that are inside Elliot: the mother, the father, the child, and the mastermind. Which is all revealed through this an episode. It's like what the final episode, or is it an episode? It's the final episode. Yeah, because um, you, because like he has a psychiatrist named Krista who he sees on and off like in season one like the first episode he goes in this long rant called F Society where he explains all these things I'm like man I, these are all true things that he's explaining. but he goes on that rant like in his own head like yeah. he doesn't even say it out loud to Krista yeah and we never figure out because he's a sign they go to those things by court and it's never revealed what he went to court for like why he right. was court ordered to do that which I always that's a good point I forgot all about that mm-hmm. yeah and so all these things happen so Krista just realizes this and so there's all these four personalities and when you rewatch it it's really interesting to see which personality is doing what because there's a scene where there's this guy named Bob he's this very overweight IT guy for a security company called Steel Mountain that has his data that he needs to get needs to acquire 
Oh, that scene hurts so much. And it is one of the most painful scenes ever where he pretty much destroys his man's soul. Yeah, he just cuts straight into him. And you're like, man, this guy's just doing his job and like he's kind of a loser. And, and Elliot just kicks him in the place that it hurts. Yeah. And it's really hard to watch. Because Elliot isn't not just a very a very well-to-do computer hacker. He is a social engineer. And one part of social engineering is pretty much being able to understand why a person ticks. And like working in mental health myself to a certain extent, you start to understand why certain people do certain things. Like it's very interesting to see why how humans respond to stress. Like working oh, in the yeah. hospital, like and I have started to learn more and more how to understand why people do certain things they do and like their lifestyle traits and Elliot understands that to a T. Like he even says that and he's like I'm very good at reading people. I'm just not good at being a normal person. Right. Which, when you start to understand the fact that he was abused by his father, you know, yeah. and he probably has a lot of internalized trauma that he still hasn't worked out. Because like, him and his sister, Angel, I mean, his sister, Darlene, you, you start to realize, like, they were both... There's a perpetual event that they talk about where he was thrown out of a window, which he actually jumped out the window himself. Right. Like there's always like many different things about talking about what happened and Chris and so and his father is played by Christian Slater, who's also He does such a good job. Amazing job, dude. And so like Christian Slater also plays the character Mr. Robot, which is Elliot, which is essentially the the father figure that Elliot wanted and needed because there's this huge thing in season episode 7 season 4. Or this guy named Overa. So let's let's start back to season one. So he meets Shayla. Shayla's his drug dealer, who he somehow ends up dating. Which, you know, it, it was, he it hooks was, up with his drug dealer. You know, he calls it's, her his girlfriend, and like you can understand Shayla. But Shayla and Angela, like he loves Angela, but he also loves Shayla at the same time. Like he, yeah, felt a true connection to her, and her her drug dealer. Um, like drug supplier is this guy named Fernando Vera who was played by Elliot Villar VR amazingly done oh yeah he's he's downright scary like he does a really good job of playing an unhinged character you can tell is just like ready to snap at all times yeah it's uh it's it leaves a lot of tension in the scene when he's when he's acting in the scene he's he's uh he gives you a lot of stress because you're like, is this guy just gonna like pick up a gun and start shooting people? Is he gonna, is he gonna throw Elliot across the room? What's he, what, what's his, what's his deal? Because I feel like he showed a true mastermind of a criminal. Because I feel like in these crime shows like Law and Order, SVU, and shows like that, it's like, oh, the criminal's smart, but hey, there's this one thing that gets him caught. Vera doesn't have that. Vera does not get caught. Vera just, Vera literally escaped from prison. Yeah, I mean he he only he only gets sent to prison in the first place because Elliot figures out his his uh, his his uh, what's it called his dead drop system for for supplying people with weapons and drugs. Because he figures out that Vera's doing it through Twitter, and it's not Vera that's doing it; it's Vera's henchman who was right, planning right. to kill Vera in the first place. So Vera essentially has Shayla 
taken hostage. Shayla's murdered, but Elliot doesn't know that. And Elliot goes through all these hoops to drop off a flash drive to inhibit malware into the prison so he can get access to the prison. And right. so now he escapes from jail. And this was a good one-off episode, too, that wasn't really related to the main plot either. Not at all. And that's what I liked about this show is that he frees Vera from jail and Vera's like, there she is, she's dead. And then Elliot's just looking at her and you can tell that Elliot was destroyed that he couldn't save um, save Shayla. And I think right. that's when Elliot starts to realize like the consequences of his actions and his behavior. Right. And that like this, like he resulted in someone getting killed and then later on he he feels the guilt of like, 72 buildings blowing up and probably a lot of people dying in said buildings. Okay, so that actually brings me to a, to a, to a good question. I'm going to I'm going to explain something real quick and then I'm and then I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. Uh the he in season 2, you 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 see Elliot from the beginning of season 2, he goes through his daily routine. They dedicate an entire episode to just showing you his routine because he's living with his mother. And then they reveal to you that he's not actually living with his mom. He's he's in prison, and he's been in prison since the end of season one for stealing somebody's dog. And and Cordy, and, no. and and it's and it's a crazy reveal because you just don't see it coming. Well, you kind of see it coming, but not really. And so I want to know. I want to know for you, aside from the obvious reveal at the end of the show, what was your favorite like blind side reveal in the show? Because there are quite a few. Dude, there's so many. Like, I don't know. That reveal was wild. Like, it only got more and more wild after that point. Like, that reveal, the reveal of the mastermind, the reveal that he was, like, taken advantage of by his dad. Because, right. like, that whole scene was shot in one, like, in one spot. And it, just, it was so beautifully done. The acting in the show is impeccable. Or... The the scene or like the entire thing involving Trenton and Mobley, where they get set up by the Dark Army and shot by the FBI. That was so good, and it made me really sad because I hoped that those two characters would get away. And they don't. And they don't. And they're killed off like rather unceremoniously. The show does a really good job of killing off characters you care about in a way that makes you feel like they died for no reason. And it starts to make you wonder, like, how many things like this... Because the FBI found him, like, oh, we found him, we gotta shoot him, we can't let him live. Right. I think I think my favorite reveal from the show... It, it kind of ties into the final reveal, but the my favorite one was where Elliot wakes up in the hospital, like, in the last, like, ten minutes of the movie, or in the last ten minutes of the final episode, and Darlene reveals to him that she knew the entire time that the mastermind was in control and that it wasn't Elliot. That was that was such a crazy reveal. She's just like, yeah, I knew it wasn't you. She's like, but I was happy to have my brother back in my life because they hadn't really talked to each other for a whole lot of time. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I started crying when, when they had that conversation in the hospital. Like, that was, that was rough. That was a, yeah, same. Like, that was like a beautiful scene of she loves her brother. Like, she literally committed, m- killed someone, lost her boyfriend, committed a pile of felonies because she truly loves her brother and supports her brother. And she was just happy home. to have him around. Yeah. Like, she's like, 
was just happy to commit felonies with her brother, which is so beautiful. And <laughs> honestly, yeah, that's a tr- that's a beautiful image of like a brother and sister. You know, like she just wanted to be around her brother because like her brother was her protector from her dad. When you realize that he threw himself out the window to bring attention to him because he didn't want his sister to get taken advantage of by their father. Right. And... Like, their, and, uh, their mother yeah. wasn't that good either. Like, if you... Like, if you look at how the mother treated them, like, the mother probably was very ig- ignorant of the fact that her husband was a monster. And she was a monster herself by just being rude to the kids. Well, and you never really get a very good image of the mother because... Their entire the entire image of their mom is filtered through Elliot's Elliot's persona that he created. Yeah, he created his, the persona of his mom, or the mastermind created a persona of his mother that is so mean. violent and and awful to them that I feel like you never really get a very good picture of who their mom really was. Because Darlene doesn't really talk about their mom the way that Elliot talks about her like Elliot's very mm-hmm. very dismissive and very very ugly towards her but Darlene seems like she's pretty neutral on the subject um and and you learn that Darlene was just uh like she she talks about how she knew what was going on with with their dad and she knew that it really messed Elliot up but she says she she didn't know how to talk to him or what to say about it so she was just really happy to have him back when when the mastermind took over and it was it was it's messed up for sure but it, it was a it was a very it was a very wholesome scene in a in the way that only uh mr robot could could create a wholesome scene <laughs> yeah in a wholesome scene like there is actually a few wholesome scenes in this show that's one of them darlene pretty much saying like I love you to uh, Dom, and so okay. Right. Dominique is an FBI agent that essentially falls in love with one of her people, and it leads her down a path of destruction. Right. Because Dom is like really into her job, but also like has no idea how to form like healthy relationships. Like her best friend is Alexa. The, Those scenes are so funny, though. <laughs> yeah, and like. Having been around people like at work, I work with, I work, I'm like, I could picture people like this is their social norm. Just like talking to their, to their, uh, their cyber assistant. Yeah. First off, I can never live in New York. I'm like this, I've been to the East Coast. It's, first off, I've been, I lived in New Jersey for a bit. I was at Fort Dix and that place is gross. New Jersey is a nasty place. I'm sorry. I haven't to- been north of, uh, north of DC, but I, I will say the only part of the East Coast I've liked so far is Florida. Man, I ain't... No, I'm talking about East... Upper East Coast, like... Upper East Coast? Okay. I haven't been to New England before. New England's pretty tight. But... It just, like, living in the... I've lived in the Midwest, and I've been, like, around the U.S. I I just enjoy the Midwest for that Midwest nice feeling. Like, I'm pretty sure it was a wake-up call for you when you came to Cal- from California to the Midwest. You're like, oh, these people are different. There's something Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. It was a big culture shock. Yeah. Like, we fuel our own cars. <laughs> I mean, we, we pump gas in our in our cars in California. That's that's Oregon where they don't pump gas. Oh. 
Damn. But <laughs> it's it's always really funny when we go to Oregon and like when we brought Alicia and she was like, or no, actually she she already knew that because she'd been to Oregon before. But I brought other friends up up to Oregon with me and they've been like, what? You don't pump your own gas here? And it's like literally illegal to pump your own gas. Yeah, and so. It's like as you get older, some of these things become relatable that the characters go through. It's like right. Elliot's like standing outside a bar for a party or whatever, and I was like, "Yo, I have been there before." Because like, I've hung with people at like my job that don't understand like what it's like being Adventist, or like for me, loosely Adventist. But when you grow up in the Adventist church, there are certain things that you grew up with. That literally stick with you for the rest of your life because it's so ingrained in your head. That literally nobody else understands. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, like the, um, like, like all the sa- the Sabbath rules. Like, yeah, you can't. Oh, I do- don't say like, and it's so I'm I'm so used to saying like, oh, like this Sabbath. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, like Sabbath. I'm like, oh, we you know Saturday, but that's how I say it. Like, right. Or like a lot of my like they. Always hear like, and it's like always weird. Like when I explain these things to them, like my certain lifestyle traits, and I was like, I wonder how Elliot feels about that. Like how he like certain things that he grew up like, the lifestyle he lived. Like oh, his dad died, and like all these things happened to him. So I mean, so everything's internalized him. I can feel that not to the same extent, but in a different manner of growing up a Seventh Day Adventist and having be around all that, and how Elliot grew up with his childhood traumas and how it's internalized his behavior. Oh, it's definitely not a normal upbringing, and I, I can I can definitely relate to what you're saying. It it yeah, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, and so over time you start to realize these things, and I think it goes with Dom as well. So Dom's an FBI agent, and she essentially falls in love with Darlene, who also has a boyfriend. Well, what was the boy? I'm trying to think of what that. Cisco. Uh, Cisco. Cisco and Cisco. Honestly, he is also a part of like he's not a part he's a part of the dark army but he's also dating he's like a middleman yeah who also gets like a chip stuck under his finger the dark army will do nothing will do yeah. anything to get their means i'm like they literally like incited an internal attack on fbi agents in foreign soil and then when they were about to get captured literally killed themselves yeah it the the lengths that the dark army goes to to accomplish goals is it's it's honestly mind-boggling like they uh yeah like there's that scene in the library where cisco goes and he and he i don't remember exactly what he he was there to do in season two but they like literally stick needles under his under his fingernails or maybe that was the other guy that they just finished working over but they they do that to somebody and it's gross oh yeah or they literally were inside a riot in new york to get into all get into e-core which is also one of my favorite scenes like one of my favorite that episodes that is a great episode where essentially angela is set up by the dark army because angela gets offered a high job in e-core because her company also folds right and like her boss gets murdered and he was honestly a great guy too her boss was just like that, like that scene where like Elliot and her bot, their like their boss are on the plane. He's like, you know, I'm gay, and Elliot's like, oh, okay. And I've been in situations like that at work where someone like says something very deep about themselves. I'm like, man, we just work together, man. I I I don't care. I'm sorry. It's so, yeah. I, 
it's like one of the first few episodes where Gideon's like, I'm having a party at my house, you should come over. And it comes up that he's gay, and Elliot's just sitting in the corner with his hoodie on, and he he's just like, man, why are you talking to me? I just want to go home. <laughs> and I think we've all been there, but it's a very pure scene because you can tell Elliot just has no idea how to handle that information. So he's just like, oh, cool, man. I'm like, dude, same. It's like being in my like mid twenty. Like this came out. This show came out when I was twenty. I was just turned twenty one, and it ended when I was like twenty four. So I went from like the spiritual journey of living in no, not spiritual, just living in Colorado, being homeless to being in the army, and then like all the experiences with that, and like having a different worldview. Like I grew up with the show, and I grew up with Elliot, and I feel like it's right. a journey because like you got to watch and pay attention to certain things, and so like. There's Philip Price, who is a character who who's actually Angela's real dad, because Angela, yeah. Angela's mom had an affair with him, which just was weird because like he takes her on a date or something, and you're like, oh, this is really Freudian in some way, shape or form. Yeah, he takes her out to dinner, and I thought for a long time that he was like legitimately not grooming her, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you mean. But then he's like, I'm your father. And then when she gets like, she gets murdered at the very end of the show, I mean, the very first episode of season four. And the crappy... Very unceremoniously, too. Yeah, like, she yeah, turns around. The thing is, she turned around and it's probably... And we don't, you, know, you don't know this. She's looking at the dark army coming for her. And Phil and Price is like, just do, just don't say it. Do not say it. But she can't. Because I think she is trying to make up... Because there's a scene in season three... Where she's like, I can save these people. And she's just rewinding the footage of a building blowing up back and forth. Because right. she realizes uh, she, she's off the deep end. Like, she's truly lost in the fact that she facilitated the murder of so many people. And I feel like she, deep down, feels terrible for it. So she accepted death. Like, she wasn't going to walk away from it. Yeah, I mean, she, she takes it very personally. And she takes what White Rose shows her to heart yeah um and so she she really believes in her machine yeah whatever that machine was after she falls for that she she just kind of loses it for the rest of the show and then and then they yeah they very unceremoniously just like kill her off it's a very it's very jarring way to open that that season yeah and like there's uh, quite a few characters i just love a lot like tyrell wellick and his wife joanna and like Tyrell will like literally like w- he's a simp for sure bro simping for sure like he simps so hard for his wife to be successful that he hooked up with a dude at a club to inhibit like a like a like a chip in his phone to pull all the phone calls from it and then just dips out and then goes back to his wife cause he's madly in love with her yeah he literally yeah, he, he literally goes to a club, seduces a guy that he works with, then then hooks up with him, and then installs malware on his phone, and yeah, and literally dips to go be with his wife and kid, he, to become, because his wife told him to do it. To become CEO, he literally kills his CTO's wife on yeah. a roof, and just leaves her there. No, before before that, he walked in on her peeing, which freaks out, like, and then he kills her. Yeah, it's... He he does some really crazy stuff. I mean, even in the first episode, he has such he has such horrible temper problems that he pays a homeless man, and it's implied that he pays him regularly. He pays a homeless man to let him beat him up, 
in yeah. an alleyway. Yeah, which which honestly I know happens for a fact. Yeah, I, I that's it. It makes it makes sense in like a really messed up way. It's it's, it's gross that people go out and do that. Thing is, this show isn't doing things that's not factual. Like, these are all things that Sam Esmail probably has seen or has partaken in himself where he's like, oh, I'm going to throw this in the show because I'm going to show that y'all are gross. People are weird. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, and there and there are so many good good monologues done by either, uh, by either Christian Slater as Mr. Robot or by um, Rami Malek as Elliot. Uh, whether they're talking about you know religion or like the God speech, or... the God speech at the therapy group reminded me so good of Jesse Pinkman's speech, the killing dog, like the killing. Are we just killing dog speech and Breaking Bad? Yep. That's why I'm like this. This show is on the level of writing with Breaking Bad, but Breaking Bad just Sam Esmail ended Mr. Robot where it needed to end. And Breaking yeah. Bad ended where it needed to end, which happened to be a few more episodes than Mr. Robot. Yeah. Um, I will say, I think I think it's really cool that Sam Esmail and Vince Gilligan were able to do such similar things. with. They were able to craft shows similarly with completely different styles. Like, Vince Gilligan is a is a genius behind the lens. He's so good at telling a story with just a camera and no words. He's the king of foreshadowing. But Sam Asmill is the king of foreshadowing in a different sense, I think, in the sense that he's able to like write things in. And they're like these tiny little details that are just mentioned in passing. And then they come back way later, like at the very end of the show, there were so many payoffs from like season one that were never like outright shown to us because of the nature of Elliot's mind and the fact that we're we're kind of seeing everything through him. Yeah. But there there are just so many things that pay off right at the end that Sam wrote in and it, it shows a lot of attention to detail and a lot of foresight in how he wrote the show and I think that's really cool. Yeah, for sure and I think when it comes to things like that it's just like it's a long it's a long drawn thing for both shows but I feel like Mr. Robot was able to deliver it better and I feel like with Breaking Bad there was more points to jump off because of the longer like the like the longer the show went on yes and with Mr. Robot there's like very few episodes where he breaks off like I know the one episode where it breaks off is where Elliot meets with Trenton's family and like specifically Trenton's brother which some people don't like and I've, I've read these where Trenton and like Trenton um, Elliot never actually went to the movie theater with Trenton's brother. It's just like Elliot's other persona is trying to convince him not to kill himself. That's interesting. I never gave I never gave that any thought. I will have to go back and watch that episode again. Because you have to realize, like, let's face it, Elliot's probably on the verge of suicide every day. He is like Morty from Rick and Morty level of depression. No, oh, like, for sure. Willing to die throughout the entire the sh- throughout the entire show. At any given moment, he's 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 ready to go. And that's what I thought. Like, is Elliot gonna, he gonna do it? Which is extremely grim to say. But if you watch Mister Robot, you're like, this guy's, this is it for this guy. He's miserable. Like, yeah, all he and the thing is, all he wants to do is wipe everyone's debt because, like, he feels bad for Angela because he hacks Angela and knows she's just in a mountain of debt. Which 
having friends that just graduated from college, I feel terrified for them. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, it's it's not a fun thing to have hanging over your head, and and he and he kind of does it. He he does it, but in a, in, in a way, and then he also fails in, in like another he way. He does it. It, it ends. It doesn't end the way he wanted to be. I think. And that's the one thing that, like, I remember I've talked to a economist about who is also a fan of Mr. Robot and not even a fan of Fight Club. And he explains, like, I don't think it works in the way that you want it to work. Like, I remember being, like, a 15-year-old in my finance class in high school and be like, well, I watch Fight Club and this can solve everything. And my finance teacher would be like, Rudy, you are an idiot. No. Well, I think it's it's the same way that have you seen the Big Short? Yeah, have you seen that movie? It's the same it's the same principle because everybody who was watching the market in two thousand eight knew that knew it was going to fail was watching it and going, okay, why are we not getting payouts from our from our investments here? Because we shorted the market and the housing market is literally failing right now and we're not getting paid, and it's and it's because you know the the government and the banks are are literally so big. That if they fail, it's it's a lot. It's a lot more than everybody's debt being wiped clean, and it, it's literally they're literally so big that that cannot be allowed to happen. So the government will do whatever it has to do to like bail them out, and you kind of see that happening in uh, in Mr. Robot after the five nine attack because the government is scrambling to to hold itself together, and E Corp is scrambling to like fix fix everything and and they all just end up getting off scot-free because that's all they can afford to do because that's what the government does yeah exactly (laughs) the government bells itself out and i remember i think of this quote from a vice documentary i watched about the war in afghanistan which it pretty much shows like nothing's being done and i thought of that quote when elliot committed the five nine attack and i was like man this is what winning really looks like and that's the name. That's what. That's the title of the documentary by Vice. If this is what yeah. winning looks like. Because you see him do the attack, and he puts his hands up in the air, and then you see it just does not go as well as people said it was going to. Yeah, definitely, definitely flips your expectations around. Yeah, and it's just like season one. This was like a layout of like all the characters, like the everyone that was a part of F Society, which is all based out of the way they did their their organization. Is like they never communicated. They only met IRL in real life, and I always thought that was unique. And that's where you meet all the characters, and one of them gets murdered. I actually used to use that uh, that chat client that they use. Um, I can't remember what it's called now. I could look it up but it would take too much time. They use that chat client where you send messages anonymously and you can only send a message to somebody if you have their exact username and their messages only last for like 10 seconds and then they disappear or however long you want them to last. Yeah. Once you open them. And that's like the only way they communicate with each other outside of actual meetings. Like where they're all where they're all IRL. Yeah. And so it just mind blows. And so you meet what he wants to do. And he fulfills the mission, essentially. But then, um, so we go back to Krista, who had a boyfriend that she was seeing who was married and cheating on her. And then the dude, he, like, pretty much says, I will expose you. But he gets arrested and sent to jail. And he, he takes jail time. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll go to jail. 
And then, so he's protected, and so he meets this guy named Leon, who is Joey Badass, like a, the rapper Joey Badass, and just I just love his character. So funny. He's like, bro, you ever see Seinfeld? Nothing. That's a great scene. <laughs> he's just like, you see this dude so like so entranced in Seinfeld, and it's remind me of like being in the army is essentially being in jail, as you meet guys that like I remember one thing one guy was really into was the TV show Twenty Four. And Keith Dude, Sutherland. I used to love that show. Yeah, he's like, bro, you ever see the show 24? That Keith or Sutherland guy? Amazing, man. Super good. And I remember, like, he would talk about it every day. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I cannot handle this anymore. Like, I used I, to watch that show in middle school. I watched that whole show in middle school. It was so good. I need to watch it. I never finished it. But he was he was really about it. Like, being in the jail and being in the Army is essentially being in jail, especially if you're away with the, with the same dudes for like seven to six months and so like that scene when he's in jail like you don't realize he's in in jail you think he's just at someone's like he's just going to the park until you realize and watching people play basketball yeah but yeah he realized he like gets a reveal that he's in jail and like all those guards were like people he's working with and like they're all dirty guards that are willing to do horrible things and like and then like everything starts to make sense or whatever like Leon essentially was put there to protect Elliot. Like, there's that scene where Elliot's about to get jumped, and Leon literally kills all those guys with haste. Which makes me wonder, like, I can only imagine how Leon got involved in this and how he got so well-trained because, like, there's that that woman, Janice, who is also sent by the Dark Army. And, like, so Janice was, like, originally put there as, like, a woman for Dom to date by her mother. I guess they met at church. And so... Like, it took months or maybe even years of building to get Janice to be involved in Dom's mo- mo- like mom like that. Because Janice is like, I know all these things about your family and I will have them killed on Christmas. She The, the way that character just, like, flips her switch when Dom gets angry at her was genuinely scary. She's just... And she's a taxidermist. Yeah. Like, that's already a really red flag-ish... Uh, I also really liked Craig Robinson's character in, in season two because you see Craig. Uh, I don't remember what his character's name was. Uh, oh, the Ray. Pri- yeah, his name is Ray. He's he's basically he's the prison warden, and you don't know that he's the prison warden at at first. But he's running a he's basically running Silk Road, like the show's version of Silk Road on R.I.P. on the dark web. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and he has and he has Elliot fix things on his website for him, which I can only imagine like how many laws he was breaking then and there, you know. Oh, for sure. If the amount I, of laws breaking in the show is mind blowing. Well, and it and and it shows you, like uh, I think it's in the first one of the first two episodes. You see, you see Elliot like he trashes his entire his entire computer and cell phone just cuz he's worried somebody's somebody's going to like come after him or or find his digital footprint so he like trashes all of his hard drives he uh microwaves his uh what is it his sim card and all of his like SD cards and he just starts over from scratch and he does that several times over the course of the show cuz he's so paranoid and the show definitely makes you feel paranoid along with him oh yeah all the time I almost changed my major from IR to computer science, but I was ready too deep, and I was like, 
I'm good, man. I I, I, I can't live like this. I'll just get a VPN and be cool with it. <laughs> you really do feel like a hacker when you use a VPN, though. You're like, oh man, <laughs> I mean, I'm so incognito right now. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, like, I'm so incognito. I'm about to download some legal. I'm about to download some movies illegally. Well, there's like I'm about twelve. To download so much music. Well, there's twelve year olds probably buying like weed cartridges on Instagram with no VPN and getting probably like horrible chemicals instead of weed. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the reason why. Oh, well, we don't need to get into that. But, but yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that show and uh, just a, the class, one of the classes that I took actually convinced me to switch from engineering to computer science because it was, it was just so much fun to watch and it was it, it was fun to learn. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that there were a lot of a lot of young people that were inspired by the show to switch to computer science actually or to like pick it up as a as a major and what i hoped is this increase in the future i remember being on reddit and someone posted a picture of the graduation cap and it said is this really happening because that's a scene like and it had like mr robot and they captioned you know i watched mr robot and switched to computer science and now i'm a computer engineer and i was like damn that's so cool actually that like this show inspired people and i think I remember reading on Reddit like this show inspired people to get help for their like mental, like their their problems, like they have issues, like that they weren't willing to acknowledge, and like then they said that the TV show helped them acknowledge the fact that they are either in abusive relationships, toxic relationships with their family, they were molested, or they just have issues that they need resolved. Yeah, the show does a really good job of normalizing mental health issues not in uh and and not in the sense that it like glorifies them or makes them out to be anything unrealistic but it does maybe with the exception of the main character's illness but like it definitely normalizes at, at least for me it definitely normalized the way that i see things like depression or anxiety or multiple personality disorder or things like that and it 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 made it seem like less of a uh it, it was even though it was a plot device in the show it definitely seemed like less it felt like less of a plot device and more of like a, a real thing that it, it put it right in front of me and made it very tangible for me to like understand better i feel like it's a very difficult thing to understand if you're not really going through it but it made it a lot easier for me to understand personally yeah and i think that's what catched me onto this show is like it was Yes, it is very deep, and there's a lot of things you have to understand, but it's also very well written where you can understand it to a certain extent and then, like, just do your own research on the side. And it's like the way the show's filmed is amazing. Yes. Like, I've seen so many beautiful shots. Like, there's, like, there's the one episode where it's one shot entirely, and it's season four. There's only yes. four words. And it's then like those were and it's just beautifully shot where it's Elliot essentially running from the cop, like running from security and the police. Every single title card shot in that show is amazing. Like where they where they put the logo of the of the show up on screen at the beginning. Yeah. Every single one of those shots is amazing. It's so good. Yeah. That breaking like that and like this like that like for that they bring up that show that oh, sorry. Cowboy Bebop had had the same thing with like their ending card titles where it said see you space cowboy see you space samurai 
and the TV show Girls. I have no idea. It's a TV show on HBO, and their their beginning title card sequence. It just always captivated me because I always thought it was pretty. But Mr. I'll check it out. It's Adam Driver's actually first big role, and I remember me in another like another pre episode I'm about to release. We talk about HBO shows, and there's one where like Mike the the other the co-host I'm on just makes one of the TV show girls. But the title card sequence is pretty, but with Mr. Robot is just super pretty and well done. And Cowboy Bebop, which is one of my favorite animes of all time, which I also did an episode about. It is like this is so amazingly done. Like and like right now I have playing. Mr. Robot right now is like the way it's filmed is just amazing. Or the dialogue like the hello friend. And yes. there's there's one goodbye friend actually said. It's not even the last episode. It's in the first episode. And it's actually said by Sam Esmail. He's like, goodbye friend. And I'm like, oh. And then they Narcan him to bring him back. Like they literally showed we can kill you and we can bring you back to life. Like, as, like they essentially overdose him. And that's like that's what the Dark Army does. Or like the Dark Army went and kidnapped Dom's family on Christmas. Which is very funny because like before they get kidnapped, you just see this kid like call his mom, like cuss his mom out. And I was like, Man, you really gonna do that on Christmas, dude? You're a total little prick. And then the Dark Army just comes and kidnaps him. But Dom is one step ahead and hired like mercenaries to go and kill the Dark Army. Which yes. you start to see everything fall apart. Like Dom gets stabbed and then shoots someone and then leaves like the hospital. Cause it shows Dom's dedication to trying to be a good person, but also her dedication how much she loves Angela. Yeah, I like um branching off a little bit here. I, I really liked how they explain I think the episode's actually called Colonel Panic. I think it's in season two. It's either season one or season two, where he actually explains what kernel panic is and like what happens when when a computer, like when that happens to a computer. But then you also see how Elliot like uses that as a metaphor for what he's going through, like throughout his day. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's season two because I think it happens. Hey, what happens to him in that episode? I'm trying to remember. Um, let me, let me, let me just look it up. Cause I've already got the I've already got the wiki pulled up right here. I also like um how Tyrell goes on the run and then somehow wins a CTO like a CEO position of like an, an like enterprise because he's essentially a puppet for the Dark Army and F decided at the same time. He hates it. Yeah. He gets so mad, even though it was the exact thing that he wanted. But he's only doing it because the Dark Army has his kid. Which is, like, I think about, like, how in Ozark, how that the the cartel literally makes that pastor's wife disappear. But the baby is still there. It's, like, oh, yeah. that level of intensity, and I just love that. And I feel like there's very few shows that capture it because I feel like some shows make it cheesy and Mr. Robot made it raw and real. Because I was like, damn, this is all getting way too real. And I feel like I like Tyrell's character arc throughout the series. Like, he, he's a scumbag. But at the very end, he literally is like, I'm just going to go on a walk. Yeah. Then he looks into the blue light and we don't... We I, He dies. I assume he's dead. Oh, for sure. But... Um. He so went, the episode I was talking about is actually the 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 premiere of season season 
uh, it's not the premiere, but it, it's I think it's the third episode of season two. Uh, it it shows the flashback where where Mobley recruits Romero and and Elliot tries to uh, overdose on Adderall. Oh, he start, he vomits up the Adderall and then eats it back up or whatever. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, episode uh, three. Yeah, because he breaks his. Uh, he because Elliot finds out that Gideon dies and then he, it kind of throws his entire routine that he's put into place while he's been in prison like it kind of throws it into into chaos and so he tries to overdose on Adderall yeah and so is that essentially what happens when a computer goes through carnal panic uh it's it's been a while since I actually like looked that up but basically like kernel task is the it's like the it's like the Man, I'm gonna get it wrong. I gotta just look it up. I know what it is, but I have a hard time explaining it. Let me let me just explain it. Yeah. So why you, panic? Why are you looking that up? So I think another character arc I like, or like that makes me sad, is like Angela's character arc. Like she was like this promising, like fresh out of college. Like I presume she's fresh out of college, getting this job because actually we don't really know if Elliot went to college. Like, cause I know in computer programming you can just be a savant and be good at coding. I don't think he went to college. Yeah, we don't really know what happened between Elliot's childhood to where he, like, and I'm just saying that not needs to be explained, but I always, like, that always interests me. Is like, did he go to college? Did he just get really good at typing one day? And, because I, I, I'm friends with people that, like, or, like, the TV show, the, another previous episode we've done a movie, we've done an episode, and it's, like, the movie Booksmart, where he's like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to college, but I got recruited to write code for Google. Is he, like, one of those people, or... We don't really know. I, I just assume that like Angela maybe studied computer engineering or like studied business or something in college and ended up at E Corp. Now she's like, well, I have no idea. I mean, end up at Allsafe. I have no idea what to do at this point. That would make sense if because she uh, has debt from college, obviously. Right. It would actually make sense if Angela got him the job. Yeah, and then we don't know what Darlene does. Darlene, like Darlene, does ballet. We find that out. But she's also super talented at computer stuff. But we never find out if Elliot taught her or, or what. Yeah, caveat off of that, I actually work with a, a nurse practitioner who her daughter actually is really into coding. But I'm not gonna be like, hey, you should show your daughter this TV show, Mr. Robot, so you can be an anarchist and want to overthrow the government. But it might mess her up a little bit. Yeah, like your daughter's ten, she will never be able to comprehend her emotions if she watches this at this age but please keep her encoding yes absolutely it's 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 one of the <laughs> fastest growing industries and you can just do so much with it like you could as long as you have a f an understanding of like the fundamentals of writing code like you can pick up new languages fairly quickly new frameworks fairly quickly i plan on teaching like, my nephews how to write code so they can become more successful than me it it's uh it's it's definitely one of those things that's that's worth at least dipping your toe into. Yeah. Um and I, I got a, I got the definition of kernel panic here. So it's it's basically like kernel kernel task is something that runs on your Mac or like your uh your Linux based computers. It's not a PC thing, but kernel kernel task is like the heart of your of your computer's software. And if something like really bad happens to your computer like uh like damaged firmware or like a virus or some kind of like horrible bug or hardware failure like it shuts the like the computer basically has a heart attack software wise and then just like 
just crashes and dies or like unexpectedly quits. That's basically that's basically what it is. But it, they use that as a uh, as an allegory for like the entire episode. It's kind of told through that lens. While uh, while Elliot explains what it is. Okay. And so that essentially happens to him. I also think when it comes to when it comes to this show, I'll like I'll go up to the people in my IT department and I'm like, "Yo, you you guys prepared for a DDoS attack?" And they're like, "Man, yeah. How do you know about that?" I'm like, "You know, I know stuff. I watch <laughs> Mr. Robot. What's Holt catch fire?" No, Dude, they- I those those are no joke. You could literally you could literally sh- like you could shut down all of Union College their like entire network fairly quickly with one of those if you had a botnet. Yeah. Don't tell that to too many people, you know. They might get angry. Yeah. True. But- well, I mean they literally they literally make you sign a waiver that says you won't put a Trojan on the network or anything like that. I always thought that was funny when I first got to school at Union. Yeah. Because it means somebody's done it. Yeah. So, moving on from that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, and it's like, when, when you see, like, all these things that you like, I, I like their portrayal of the Darknet, because I feel like people are like, ooh, I was on the Darknet. I'm like, were you really, or were you on Google? Right. It was like, like we, did you really have a Tor Onion browser set up, and a VPN, and you went on the Reddit Darknet? Because there's, like, there's, it's not hard it's hard, but not hard at the same time. I feel like people anybody can do it. It's not really hard at all. You can you can do it from your phone if you have an Android. You can't do that with an Apple phone. Apple. No, you definitely can't do it with an Apple. That's why I love Apple. <laughs> Apple's too. Apple's designed for for stupid people to feel smart. I mean, the dark web is 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 very misunderstood. Um, but it. It is super fun to like just go there, just just to like say you've done it. Like I, I remember I, w- I visited Silk Road when it was still a website when I was in, I think it was like, it was middle school. It was middle school because I read an article about it and I didn't go to the original version, but I think I went to like Silk Road two point or three Yeah. Before that, before that guy got because he got, got busted by the again. by the FBI. Like I think he's still. I don't know. He's, if he's still fighting. His parents are trying to get him released. Yeah. It's a crazy. It's a crazy story. I, I think. More, I think anybody who's interested in cybersecurity should definitely look up that story. Yeah, it's I, crazy. I heard about it in like an ep, like an issue of Wired way back in the day. Yeah, that's what got me turned on to Bitcoin, actually. And at the time, I was like, "Huh, I should start mining Bitcoin," and I never did. And I wish I had. Oh, I don't want to even talk about it. Like, I remember when Bitcoin <laughs> first started. I was like, "This is stupid." Now I was like, "One Bitcoin is worth how much?" Oh, heavens no. Dude, I sold all my partial shares of Bitcoin at like or I, I yeah, I sold everything in Bitcoin I had when 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 it hit 9,000 and it hit 20 21 or 22 like 2 weeks later. I was so mad and you you became depressed. I became very depressed. Your life went from like a like a happy anime to the end of Evangelion and you're like, "Oh no." <laughs> Yeah, cause, cause I, I I looked at it at nine and I was like, there's no way it's gonna get any more than this. I gotta I gotta jump ship now and like cut my losses or like like quit while I'm ahead. And then two weeks later, it, it was still climbing and I was just 
unbelievably sad. Oh, yeah, yeah the big sad hits you real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the big sad is this entire show because I feel like this show hits the big sad at the very end. You're like, oh, this is happy now. is Or is it? Because Dom enters a plane. We, we don't know whatever happens to Dom at the end of the show. She just jumps on a plane, and if you pay attention to the music, it is... I, I'm trying to remember who it was. It wasn't a Lana Del Rey song. It was a song written by a pop artist, and it's pretty much about leaving someone that you're in love with. That's playing in the airport as Dom enters the plane and Darlene walks out of the plane. After they see uh, Bobby Caravelli's character, um, who is also a like a henchman for the Dark Army, but not really at the same time. He's just a guy that exists for chaos. That guy is wild. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's amazing though. Like Irving, he's just he's a, he's a Dark Army fixer, and his character, he, him, Leon. And Janners are some of the wildest Dark Army characters forever. Like when Darlene, like so, uh, Leon pretty much sides with Elliot at the very end when they're in the barn in season three and just shoots all the other Dark Army members. And later on, Darlene, I mean Dom's like, I've seen you before. And he's like, Have we? Um, Leon's like, Have we met? She's like, Yeah, in the barn where you shot a bunch of people. He's like, Oh yeah, that time. He's Dude, like, I love when he and Elliot meet back up, and he's like. You don't have to worry about me in the dark arm anymore. He's like, I'm I'm in service to the Almighty Paper now. I thought that I thought that quote was hilarious. No, my favorite quote is, "Hey, st- st- strange times, but don't be a stranger." As he's giving Elliot drugs to put in a woman that's a recovering drug addict. Oh my God! Yes. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she slits her wrists in the bathroom. Because like Elliot had a genuine connection with this woman, I just wanted, I just wanted, I really just wanted Elliot to be happy. I just want him to be happy so bad. And he like found a girl that he probably could have dated and maybe had a normal life with her, but no, that doesn't happen to Mister Robot at all. Dude, ever. going back to music, the choices of music in this show are so good. Like the show ends on uh, the show ends on the outro song of. Uh, and Free Up, we're, we're Dreaming. That yeah. album is so good. I was so, like, like I was tearing up at the end of that show when they when they all sit down at the movie theater. It was so good. And they ended on that song, and it was so beautiful. Or at the end of season three, they end on another, I think it's Waiting by M83, and he clicks yes. the enter sign as he decides. But, like, the music's playing or whatever, and he's going through all the photos, and, like, on, and yeah, his dad might have been a monster, but in those photos of him with his dad, those probably were the happiest times of his life. And it made me think of like a YouTube playlist that I was listening to, and it's called and it's a Midwest emo playlist with Midwest emo bands. Shameful plug, and it's like the here are the photos of the times from the best times of your life, and they're over now. And I was like, damn, that hits, dude. Or or, or there's the there's the, I think it's season two when. Uh... When F Society has has uh, the the CTO of E Corp burn all that money wearing the F Society mask and they pe- play Phil Collins Take Me Home. Yeah. It's so good. Like he's just lighting stuff on fire in the middle of the in the middle of New York whilst Phil Collins plays in the background. It's such an iconic moment. Yeah. Or like and is there's so many icon this show is just built on so like so much depth that like I'm probably we've probably missed, but it's whatever. You can watch this show and discover it for yourself because I feel like this is a show that people need to watch and understand. And it's we've like, like we've spoiled a lot of things 
like yeah. that have to do with this show, but but you really don't understand until you watch the whole show. Like I feel like you could still watch the show and and not and not get it like, until you finish it. When I like when I watched the end of Mr. Robot, a piece of me like like disappeared. Like I was I I remember just like sitting down in like my bed like my living room. I had um I had just seen the uh, the movie Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> oh man! And I went to go watch this, and I went to see the end of a Star Wars saga, and then to see the end of Mister Robot, and it was like in a like a level of emotions because I watched um, End of Skywalker with like a bunch of my friends from grade school, like people that I've known since like second grade. And right. weird thing about Adventists. Or at least with me and like my friends that went to Midland, like my the Adventist grade school I went to, is like I still hang out with the same people I've hung out with since like the lunch table roasts in our cafeteria, and I don't know if it's like that for you, but it's definitely like that for me. But you probably notice that about other kids from SDA schools. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I like my my if my friend group is ever in town at the same time, like we'll usually meet up and go do something together, and and it's it's very much like that. Like everybody. Everybody's living their lives separately now, and and we've all moved on and moved to you know new cities. And some of some of my friend group are like married or engaged now, but like oh, it's terrifying. You, you all <laughs> you all meet up, you all meet up, and it's like nothing ever happened. You know, it's like you're still in high school, sitting down at lunch, or you're still in middle school, like you're still in pre, like you're still in cradle roll. Oh, uh, not cradle roll for me because I was I was out of the country during that time. But but it it is it is the same like it is the same the same vibe for sure. Yeah. So I hung out with a bunch of people from grade school and we watched End of Skywalker and then go home, watch the last two episodes of Mr. Robot, which are beautifully done because it's all in his head because yeah. he's he's in the hospital from an explosion. And one thing I didn't realize so. So Mr. like and this is one thing to note like to keep uh, to keep in mind is that like Mr. Robot's personas are like in his head can turn off things. So he's walking through like where like the the time machine or whatever it is being kept and you don't see a bunch of dead bodies or whatever cuz his mind was t- was pretty much turning that off. It's like in that episode of Dark Mirror Archangel where you can't see pain or violence. Oh yeah. So Elliot's walking through there, and because it looks as say he had saw the dark army go and kill all those people. You don't see that actually. You don't see any dead bodies. You see that it's an empty place, but in reality, it's probably full of a ton of dead people. Oh yeah, it's empty, and like there are a bunch of like open doors and stuff, but there are no markings or anything to indicate that anything went wrong. It just looks like everybody left one day. But then when the dark army shows up, there's like blood, a bunch of noises that you didn't hear before, and there's blood everywhere and. Which is People wild. with guns and whatnot. Like, yeah, for sure. First off, the Dark Army literally took on the FBI HRT team, which yeah. is wild. They literally got into a gunfight with the FBI, kill them all, walk out, but White Rose gets the last laugh. No, Philip Price gets the last laugh because Darlene exposes a ton of people. They're like, hey, come over here. This is where your money's at because all the members of uh, the Deus group yeah, are there. Yeah. Which is that was cool. I thought that was beautiful, man. Madly beautiful. Yeah, watching White Rose like actually lose was very satisfying. Like you get little glimpses into 
you you get like you get little tastes of it like when uh like when philip price shows up while she's decorating her christmas tree yeah and like he ridicules her for it because she's a perfectionist and he ridicules her for, for her tree being like slightly tilted in yeah. a certain direction and she ends up ripping the whole tree down yeah and he's like it's not about me winning it's about seeing you lose and i was like man this is what winning looks like yeah and that's like i, I that, that's a quote that's probably gonna be through my head a lot and i think this show true detective and breaking bad are shows that like definitely help shape who i am rather that's good or not is my business only because i definitely right. quote this show regularly to people or like True Detective or Mr. Robot and people are like, okay, we get it. Um, you have unresolved trauma. But hey, we all do. And I was like, this show definitely is helpful to people that are going through things or just like want a good show to help them understand good writing and character development. And that is this show. Yeah, I think I think this is definitely one of those shows. Like it, it addressed different issues for me that I feel like were, were, much, were rooted much deeper than a show like Breaking Bad helped me to deal with because breaking bad it was very clean it was a very it was like it was very obvious why that show hit me as hard as it did because i started watching that show a couple years before my grandfather was diagnosed with stage four and he's since passed away but like that show was i was watching that show at a very specific time where like i was going through some similar experiences and like now and then like having watched mr robot like i've gone through some things to where the show like it just it just means more to me now and it, it's going to be one of those shows that i i probably rewatch continuously just because it's it's just so good yeah and i felt the same way too like i i, I breaking bad i just watched in a time where i was a th- i i did theater and i wanted to understand how to become a better writer and actor and I never went into writing nor acting. I'm not saying I, I can't do that now, but and I think with Mr. Robot, it helps me. It helped becoming a. It helped my twenties form a lot better because I became comfortable with who I am. Because I look at some people I work with, and I look at them, I'm like, you are uncomfortable with who you are. And it is so easy to see that. Because people are like, why are you this way? I'm like, because I'm comfortable with who I am. I'm not going to change who I am just to m- make you more or less understand me as a person. I am this way because this is who I'm happy to be, whether I like it or not. Yeah, absolutely. Some people some people will, you know, lob criticism at others constantly just because they can't stand to see other people being comfortable with who they are or, you know, being comfortable openly liking things that are like against the norm or not super like mainstream or whatever it may be like you definitely get that a lot and i feel like with elliot's character he is comfortable with who he is he just hates himself at the same time (laughs) right yeah he's very comfortable being the person that he is and he doesn't change that for anybody because you see angela doesn't like who that person is angela is uncomfortable with who she is that's why she does a lot of the things she does. Like, she hooks up with the one guy and listens to, like, his mantra tape or whatever. Like, you are a strong person or whatever. It's, like, one of those, like, self-help tapes. And you see her go down this, like, wall of destruction because she's not comfortable with who she is. And then you see, or, like, the guy that, ke- a guy, 
is under control of a dark army, blows his head off on camera in front of Darlene, in front of Angela, and she literally goes to the sh- like the shoe store, and the shoe store owner is like, a guy killed himself in front of you, and you're here to buy new shoes? And she's like, I'm not here for your opinion. I'm just here for you to get a new pair of shoes, okay? And I was like, yeah, um, I'm pretty sure I'd take off like at least a few, like one day of work if someone literally killed himself in front of me. At least one day. Probably a week, at least. Maybe a sabbatical. Maybe a sabbatical. Maybe a year. Who knows? Maybe just quit my job. But, uh, yeah, she literally watched someone kill herself. Well, like, I work in a field where people die regularly, and that doesn't bother me, but the way that a guy literally pulled a gun out and apologized to his family, like, essentially Bud Dwyer. If you know who Bud Dwyer is, there's a good documentary about him on Amazon Prime, by the way. He killed him. He was a governor or mayor or whatever of a town on, like, the East Coast, and he was being framed for money embezzlement, and he literally pulled a gun out and said, I'm sorry, everyone stepped away and shot himself in the head. Yikes. Yeah. And so essentially that brought up that. I'm like, yeah, um, you're literally buying new shoes. You're kind of being a silly goose right now. Just a little bit. And then you see Darlene just be generally affected with how everything went with the 5-9 attack. But I liked her character arc where she is just trying to make things better. In the very end, that's all she's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, every everything she... Like, she continues to move forward whether that's in a good direction or a bad direction like uh like like when she kills the uh oh i don't remember what exactly her position was at e-corp but the lawyer, she, when, but the the lawyer law- yeah when she when she kills the lawyer with the like in her own house like that that has like long lasting consequences for her mental state throughout the rest of the show like it very it very directly affected her and it's not like Elliot, and she's not at all like Elliot, where she can just turn it off and forget, like literally forget about it, or yeah, or pretend like it didn't happen. Like it affects her throughout the entire show. Cause she killed someone. I think someone. it's great that 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 uh, that Sam Esmail like kind of shows that dichotomy between the two of them, and I didn't even think about it until just now. But and but like Darlene is affected, and she can't forget all of those things. But Elliot can, and Elliot just keeps digging himself into a deeper hole. And at a certain point, Darlene hits that point of no return and goes, okay, I have to start fixing things. Yeah, and I like that she struggles with taking someone's life because I feel like we only get that with war movies. Like, there's that one jaded soldier that took a man's life, which I'm not trying to dog on at all. But I feel like we only see that in war movies. But it's interesting to see someone struggle with the fact that they killed someone. They aren't... It was not an act of war or anything like that. It was just them... She accidentally did it. Yeah. She did it out of selfishness because she didn't even need to do half of the stuff she did in that yeah. moment. And now she struggles with it. Like, you see her at that party and she has a mental breakdown or whatever because she realizes... Because they're partying, I think it's Angela's apartment or whatever. Angela's apartment, yeah. And, she and they're making fun of all of her stuff. Yeah, and she's like, that was my friend. We did ballet together. And they probably they grew up together, so... Yep. They probably went through a lot together. Maybe they went to college together. Who knows? Like, we don't know that part of their lives like we don't know what happened like we don't know about their teen years or college years or whatever you know and like she struggles with the fact that like, her friend died and it like blows their, her mind away yeah and yeah, I just that like scene, that scene was hard to watch and I feel like especially in my tw- like my later 20s and I've experienced that not to that extent but I experienced like the interesting ways 
people in my friend, like people I grew up, like went to college with, like dealt with death. Like I had a, I had, we, I, we had, I had one friend who died in a car accident. Right. And, um, definitely me and a few other people coped with it in very unique ways. And it was interesting to see that portrayed on this TV show, the way Darlene Elliot and Philip Price coped with the death of Dar- uh, of Angela. Right. And just to see the gradual change that occurred. Or like Tyrell Wellick is like, he's a sociopath because he literally choked a woman to death and felt nothing. But you yep. slowly start to see his character change with the fact, which I think changed for a lot of people when, a, when you have a child, like things change in your life. Like one of my best friends has a kid and, and, um, you start to realize changes that you go through, like as like someone like is in this kid's life is like you want to like be a better person for this kid and i was like that with like my nephews and you see tyrell want to be a better person for his child because he wants to provide this kid with a better life but he also has this stain on his soul that is the things he has done are led are leading him to this one place right and if like all these characters have to live with this black spot in their heart in order to like move on with this and I feel like at the very end that last scene Elliot's okay with what he's done because he's essentially a hero in some aspect and Angela's okay with what she's done or has done because she got to spend time with her I think older her older brother right yes Tyrell dies Trenton and Mobley were two characters that I wish didn't go out the way they did but they had to for story the development of the story and shows how shady government groups work. Like, look at Jeffrey Epstein, who supposedly killed himself. Right. Yeah, yeah. He he supposedly killed himself in prison when all the cameras went out and the guards were asleep. Yeah, so... That makes sense. If, it, if that makes any sense at all, it makes you wonder that scene with Trent and Mobley. I'm like, how many... How, how often has this happened? You know, probably, probably a scary amount of times. Like you probably actually would not want to know the amount of times that that has happened. And this show shows the reality of like how government, like how the FBI, like how court works and all these things work. And I feel like this show covers so much more than like I'll be able to cover in like a single podcast episode. Of course. But I hope this show inspires people to like watch it and understand who they are as a person, you know. And then you don't and like it, it. You can definitely see that, um, like where Sam Esmiel was coming from when he wrote this show, and I just, I just love that about him. Like, like you hear where's my mind played in one episode. I'm like, okay, obviously he get this. He got he got this from Fight Club, or if you watch Taxi Driver, Travis Bickle oddly is a lot like Elliot Alderson in a way, and you see all these characters and how they develop, and, um. Like as a like as an adult, I start like this has easily become one of my favorite shows in my twenties, next to True Detective because I feel like when in our in our teen years we had Mad Men, Breaking Bad, right. Uh, I had a lot of comic books that were coming out, and I, I don't know I had The Walking Dead, which was just a guilty pleasure at this point, and you know, a Gossip Girl because that's what the girls were talking about. <laughs> I w- I watched Gilmore Girls instead. That was what my mom was watching. Hey, that show's a bop, dude for sure. That show, hey, we all love the shows, man. I'm a huge Degrassi fan, and that show's terrible. <laughs> I never watched that one, but my my DVR back in the day was full of episodes of, of Degrassi, for sure. Yeah. So, um, 
as we're like closing this out, like, what are your final thoughts when it comes to Mr. Robot? I think from beginning to end, it's a masterpiece, but you don't, it's like, my final thoughts on Mr. Robot is, is that it's, it's like a, it's like when you make a mosaic out of other, out of other photos, like you make a large photo by stitching like thousands of different little pictures together. Have you seen those before? Like the army does that for their, for some of their recruiting commercials sometimes. Yeah. Um, I feel like the show is kind of like that in a way because you get all of these really well done pieces of a story right up until you get the full picture right at the end. And then the whole picture changes its meaning completely because you're just given so many answers right at the end of the show that that put everything into a completely different context. So I, I think that it's like... Uh, it's like that. It's like it's like uh, it's a mystery. It's a mystery story in a way because it doesn't give you all the puzzle pieces until the very end. But it, it the bonus is that you don't know that so many things are being hidden from you until it's over. Yeah, and then you get to go back to the beginning with all of that knowledge and watch it again. And I I feel the same way too, and I feel like. When it comes to this show, like, I, th- I think of, like, the ending of a lot of other shows, and people are like, oh, that's a sad ending, and I'm like, not every show is supposed to be a happy ending, in a way, but the ending of Mr. Robot was, it was a happy ending to me, right? because this is what winning looks like, Elliot won, in the very end, Elliot did what he was set to do, like, it, su- it sucks that he was never going to spend the rest of his life with Angela, right? N- nor with Shayla, his life's kind of ruined, for a bit, Dar- they're either prob maybe Darlene will probably face federal charges. Who knows? We don't know what will become of them. Dom may or may not blow up in that plane. But in the very end, this is the story about two siblings that love each other. And yeah. I think of the ending of the TV show The Leftovers, which is the ending. Like if you watch The Leftovers, it's a chaotic show in itself. But at the very end, it's about these two people, these two man and woman falling in love with each other. Or like the end of Cowboy Bebop, it's about Spike finding his like his true like he just trying to figure out if he's truly alive or not. Right. And, or like Breaking Bad, it's Heisenberg just getting the last laugh. Yeah. And I just love that. That's the thing I like about Mr. Robot is that it's able to bring together all these things and bring it together and show it in a much more beautiful way than I think most other shows have or will. And I'm not saying there, there's not there's going to be other shows that are just as well written as Mr. Robot, but I feel like Mr. Robot did it on a way that captured my understanding of life and who I am as a person, and I feel like you agree with the same way because like yeah, um, it has brought it brought definitely brought me and you together because I hardly knew you and then we became close all of a sudden which is out of happenstance. Yeah, because we started talking about Mr. Robot on Twitter. Yeah, and I was like, "Yo, this dude, this dude knows what's up," and it is for sure brings people together. But yeah, so that's all I really have to say. Um, if you want to be in an episode of Rowdy Reviews, just hit me up. I don't, I don't care. I don't judge. I literally just have random people on. I, I don't get paid for this. I'm not getting sponsored for this. This is literally a hobby I have. Uh, Rowdy Reviews out.